What if you woke up one day and saw that you had a penis? I would touch it a lot. Would you look confused or would you rub one out real quick? Well, I mean, obviously I would be confused if I had no idea why it was there, but then and I if, would touch it. If you could be in someone else's mind and touch their penis, would you do that too? No. Oh. <laughs> so, if you had a penis one day and you woke up, you would just touch it. Like I was me, but instead of having a vagina, I suddenly had a penis? Yes. I mean, I'd be like, fucked up. I'd be like, oh my god, Grubby, what is he going to think? I have a penis now. But then once I knew it wasn't going anywhere, I would touch it. No, I would probably touch it first thing, but yeah. This is the question that was raised in when when Andrea Riseborough saw that she had a penis in Possessor. But she knew she knew what she was doing. That was her job. She didn't suddenly have a penis. Well, she looked down and she was like, oh, look at this erection. There was no erection. Yeah, there was. Because I, I revisited Possessor the other day. And hello and welcome to the Final Cut Podcast, where on this week's episode, we will be discussing the new movies of, there's like 12 of them this week, Save Yourselves, the sci-fi comedy, Possessor, the new sci-fi thriller horror from Brandon Cronenberg, uh, 12 Hour Shift from Bria Grant, the offbeat black horror comedy that we just finished on watching on Prime or whatever. And then I got some Fantastic Fest stuff to wrap up and scare me and a couple other things. And we'll just kind of go with that. How's that for the scheduling? Are you asking me? I'm asking you, (laughs) yes. I mean, I know what we have to talk about. But I'm your host, Grubby. And I'm Stacy. And we got a lot of movies to talk about so let's just jump right into the new trailers you posted you didn't post the witches though for some reason you didn't tell me to post it and that is a child's movie so we posted the old man movie and that was a not stop, a child's movie. A stop animation movie it's a for children doll book it's a child's classic movie but it was a movie from the 1990s that was correct. a child's movie was it in a child's movie? Yes. What? Have you ever seen it? But this this one stars Anne Hathaway and Octavia Spencer yeah, and, and Stanley Tucci. Yeah, it looks Tucci. terrible. I didn't even watch the trailer, to be honest. I just asked so if you'd seen it. So the witch's trailer, he sent me and just asked if I saw it, not to post it. And it's a literal exact remake of the first one, which the first one was good because it was very practical and it was just, you know, whatever. This looks like they just tried to remake the exact same thing. But, you know, with different actresses and with CGI. Well, that's going to be on, what, HBO Max starting October 22nd. So if anybody wants to see what the original or what the remake of it looks like, it'll be on there on the 22nd. I did post the Craft Legacy trailer, which is being done by Blumhouse. It looks fucking stupid. Macaroni and cheese, the craft. So, yes, the Craft Legacy I mean, I do appreciate that it is not a remake and that it's a continuation, but and I obviously am still going to watch it. I'll probably take Luna to see it. 
But uh, it's coming straight to VOD. Were you going to take her bad. to the living room? Oh, my bad. Yeah, it is. It's coming straight to On Demand October 28th. It does look really bad. But I think it's just in time to end spooky season. End? Well, spooky season ends on October 31st. No, it does not. Spooky season goes all the way till after Thanksgiving. Spooky season goes all year round, just yeah. for the record. Um, I also posted the trailer for His House, which is a Netflix movie. It got picked up from Netflix like right before its Sundance premiere. But this is about a refugee couple and they escape from like war torn South Sudan. Um, but they're struggling in like their new life in this like English town and like looks sort of like haunted house, but yeah, it's, haunt- it's, it's, it's about a, trauma and stuff. It's a new take on a haunted house from because you know they were tra- they're they're refugees coming from. Well, what it seems like is like you can escape a haunted house, but you can't escape you your your haunted, your haunted past. Yeah, that's that's so, pretty much what it is. That's gonna be released October thirtieth. That's part of the Netflix and chills. What I'm really excited about. Huey Halloween. No, what <sighs> I'm really excited about is I posted the trailer for Frank and Zed, and this is part of the Nightstream Fest that's coming up, and it is a fully puppeteered feature. From a, this Portland-based writer, he's the writer-director and he's the puppeteer named Jesse Blanchard. And it looks so fucking good. Like, it looks so it's fucking good. It's like Meet good. the Feebles, but... Please watch that trailer. It, it's Meet the Feebles, but, you know, more of a horror take on it. So I look forward to it. It looks bloody. For it being, looks so fucking good. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Uh, actually, tomorrow at 11 a.m., I will be picking our 10-ticket package and... Frank and Zed is playing Saturday night, I believe. Most of the movies, you have a four-day window to watch them. But obviously, the movies that are the opening night and the closing night movies, you only have like a four-hour period to watch them. So Run and Mandibles are... uh, Run is on Thursday. And then Mandibles is on Sunday, and you have till like 10.30 to watch it. So everything else will have a bigger window. So... I would recommend checking out some of those movies, even if you get to maybe a couple of them. But we'll be covering at least 10, maybe not more than 10, because we got a lot going on this coming weekend as well. Then the weekend after that, we're going to be doing Chicago Film Fest stuff, which it's only like four movies, right? I don't know. Uh, Four movies at the Chicago Film Fest? For the After Dark program. You tell me. You're the one that told me. I think you did say it wasn't a lot. Yeah, there wasn't too much, but some of them were drive-in only, and that was the big downfall. So we're hoping, because we're pressed for that, right? So hopefully they send us a screener for The Dark and the Wicked. Bad hair I can wait on, because that'll be on Hulu literally the week after. So is that all the trailers that you posted? Yes. I had another trailer for you, but I totally forgot. And I totally forgot what it was, to be honest. I was just scrolling through some stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was supposed to give you this, but I totally forgot. It was probably for some IFC Midnight movie. But for the news, Zac Efron is going to be the star in the new adaptation of Firestarter. Yes, you did tell me that, and I said, I am on board now. Now you're on board? Yeah. Uh, Of course, this is going to be directed by Keith Thomas, who did The Vigil, which has not landed in the United States yet, but we saw it last year. It was a Conjuring wannabe movie, (laughs) but with just a different religious take on it. 
And it's going to be, it's written by Scott Teams, who did Halloween Kills. I don't have that much news this week, so this is going to be pretty light and short. Instead of the normal 40 minutes, which Stacy loves. Uh, ben Wheatley apparently wrote a movie and directed one in quarantine. Of course, you know, we're going to be getting Rebecca here in, what, like two weeks for Netflix? The reimagining or readaptation of the uh, Alfred Hitchcock Rebecca from the ni- 1940s. So there's not really much information on it other than, oh no, please don't make it sound like another host movie where it's just desktop horror. I hope that doesn't become a huge thing because, let's be real, we don't need more host movies. We don't need more uh, dark web whatever what what were those called i do not know uh not searching but uh um, social media uh, unfriended oh yeah yeah no thanks um anyway no like there's these are all the screeners available for the 55th chicago you just have to um oh why didn't you send me that (laughs) you have to like request them oh let me see what we can get let's see what can we get well, you can frequently, if you frequently visit that site, they'll do, they'll add more. Oh, like look that. what's on here. The Dark and the Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like we'll be covering The Dark and, oh, there's a movie on here I bought. Damn it. Give me my $12 back. No. Uh, the Columnist, obviously, will be covering The Dark and the Wicked. We will also be covering, I don't see bad hair on here, which is not a big deal to me, because that'll be on Hulu the week after. Um... Sleep is the other After Dark program movie, and do you want to watch the Spore Ladies new movie? Yeah. Uh, called Charlton. I don't know if that's really a horror film. Maybe we could talk about it just a little bit, just because, why not? I think I'm Your Woman is kind of like a thriller. I'd have to look more into it, but it's supposed to be playing that. Really? Both movies that I bought are on here? Why wouldn't they? Those are. I think that's every movie. It's not every movie. Oh. Um, but I bought a ticket for One Night in Miami, which is uh, Regina King's new movie. And I'm Your Woman, which has got, um, I forget who, what's her face. We saw her in a 50 States of Fright. But we will go through some of these. Sylvia's Love is on here? Huh. Damn. Wow. Do we actually have to like cover these movies then? Or do we just ask them for the screener? No, these are the ones that are available, um, screeners that are available, and then they'll be made available either through like their virtual cinema or through an online screener, which would be distributed to us from like from the film's distributor or the agent or the publicist. You just have to request to the email above and then send capsule reviews only. Capsule reviews? Like longer reviews will be published upon theatrical release. Like you can't. That's how it was when we had press last year, too. Like, you can't do a full spoiler or anything like that until it has had a theatrical release. Well, it's not like we really spoil any of the movies. Well, we try not to spoil any of the movies, but uh, glad to see that The Dark and the Wicked is on there. So go ahead and grab the three that we need for the After Dark program, because I guess I'm going to have to eat $24. Because One Night in Miami is on there, and so is Can you re- I'm Your can Woman. You- no, I can't get a refund. Well, then why would we ask for screeners for those? We'll just watch them with you bought. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We'll watch the ones that I already purchased, but they're not a part of like what we do. Maybe I'm Your Woman is. I'm not 100% sure. 
but One Night in Miami was like, I figured it was a bigger movie that was an Oscar bait movie, so I figured it wouldn't be on there. So, I don't know. And then we're going to get Idris Elba fighting a lion for a movie. Interesting. Um, it's going to be compared to The Shallows, and it's called Beast. And this is directed by... The Shallows, like the shark movie? with Yeah, the one with uh, Blake Lively. Was that who it was? And it's going to be directed by Balthasar Kamakar, who did Everest and Adrift. So, And he... don't forget we have like all those press kits as well to our disposal. Ooh, press kits. And then, since he's not doing Trick or Treat 2... Michael Dotri is directing a series adaptation of Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Okay. That's I, interesting. I look forward to this. I wonder who's going to distribute it. If it's going to be Hulu or Netflix or maybe HBO Max. And we finally have to crack down and get HBO Max. Yeah, Shudder would be cool, but I'm not 100% sure if Shudder... Shudder's not really much on TV shows, I think. They're more of original movies, which is really funny because you were asking me about the Queen of Black Magic. That's going to be on Shudder because the Shudder logo popped up before was I watched I it. Was I asking you about it? Or yeah. was I being like, why the fuck did you watch that without me when you said you would watch it with me? I told you that you could could have created your own account for it, but, but then you, you didn't just say anything about didn't. it. Or told me how to. Or do you want to use one of the tickets from Nightstreams because it's going to be on Nightstreams? What? The Queen of Black Magic is going to be on night streams. Oh. So we could use one for that. I have to waste $9 just so you can watch it. I don't I don't know what day it's playing, so we'll, I'll just have to go through the schedule and pick it out. Uh of course there's going to be there's a ton of movies on there, so we'll have to configure some sort of schedule and give the people what they want. Reviews of Mandibles. Mhm. And then my last bit of news. Oh, that is a nice poster for The Dark and the Wicked. Uh, the last bit of news I have is Logan Marshall Green, who was an upgrade, and Frida Pinto will star in a new home invasion movie called Intrusion for Netflix. And it centers around... Intruders. No. Remember that one? Um, which one? There's like four movies oh. called Intruders. <laughs> Uh, but this centers around a husband and a wife who sm- move to a small town and suffer a home invasion that leaves the wife traumatized and suspicious that those around her might not be who they seem. This kind of seems like a lot of movies lately. So yeah. so it seems kind of fitting to just throw it on Netflix. But I do like Logan Marshall Green. He was great in Upgrade. And this is directed by Adam Salke, who did a movie called I Smile Back. But I am not 100% sure. But this is also written, uh, the, the script is written by Chris Sparling, who did Buried, which is the Ryan Reynolds movie where he's just in a coffin for eight oh, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, that is all I have. That's all you have for the That's news? That's all I have for the news. <laughs> it was kind of a slow news week, and I was on vacation, and I was hoping there would be a ton of news. Other than the Nightstreams lineup coming out, which we discussed last week. Which everybody should get on board on because there's a lot of good movies on there, I feel. I told you about the movie where the dude directed 25 Hallmark yeah, Christmas movies. that's so funny. I wonder if it'll be good. And he did a horror movie. It's called Anything for Jackson. And let me let me find that real quick and tell you what the synopsis is. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. 
and I just found it. It's directed by Justin G. Dick. It's D Y C K, not D I C K. Maybe that's not how you pronounce it. May, what would it be? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the plot of this is after losing their only grandson in a car accident, grief-stricken Audrey and Henry, a doctor, kidnaps his pregnant patient with the intentions of performing a reverse exorcism, putting Jackson inside her unborn child. It doesn't take long to figure out Jackson isn't the only ghost the grandparents invited into their home. Now it's a race against time for the couple as well as the pregnant woman, to try to figure out of the haunting they've set themselves up for. Ooh. This guy did 25 Hallmark Christmas movies. So he movies. has some experience. Here's the thing. I asked my mom if she heard of any of these Hallmark Christmas movies because she watches them all year long. And she's like, no, I haven't heard of any of them. And I was shocked. Hmm. But she probably doesn't know the names of the ones that she's watched. Probably. They're like nonstop all the time. She was watching one the other night, I swear. It had Dolly Parton in it. Dolly Parton? Yeah. Dolly Parton also has a new Christmas movie coming to Netflix. Did you watch any of the Netflix and Chills? Did you watch anything all week? Mm. Other than what you watched with me? I don't remember anything about this week. It was a pretty mundane week. Pretty slow. I have Lyme disease. We know. Everybody knows now. Everybody's known since episode one. Well, I don't fucking remember shit. Please, I don't remember this morning. Please send money to Stacy for her Lyme disease. So I can at, take vitamins. At uh, Stacy Photos at Yahoo. That wasn't even right. God damn it. <laughs> please send money to Grubby14 at Hotmail.com for Do PayPal. not. He will just spend it on betting on sports. I haven't bet on sports since Wednesday. Thank mm, you. That's a lie. It's not. Oh. Oh, Thursday. Sorry. <laughs> so it was a lie. I forgot what day it was. It's it's been a it's been a really quiet vacation. I went and saw a bunch of movies in the theaters and just tried to not be on my phone as much, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of like save yourselves except no poofs came to attack me on the roof. Those are the best. I mean, the thing about save yourselves, I guess we'll get into it a little bit right but, now. You We're going to talk about it right You want to talk about Save Yourself right now, up front and personal? Save Yourselves! Exclamation point, directed by Eleanor Wilson and Alex Huston Fisher. Yeah, starring Sunati Mani and... It's Sunita. Is it? Can you not read? No, I can't <laughs> read. And John Reynolds and Ben Sinclair, even though everybody else in this cast is pretty much... It's just Sunita and John. Pretty much, yeah. And Sunita in the movie's name is Sue. So, so, so get into they it. They are this young Brooklyn couple, right? And they're so connected to the internet. Like it starts them out like they're on their phones. Uh, even when they're about to like get intimate, then they're back on their phones, like their laptops and all that kind of stuff. It's basically like everybody else, you know. And they go to a what is it? It's like um, it's like a an engagement party maybe because yeah. it's like a bride and groom. And they're like, hey, like is that Raph? Like this guy that they know? And he, like, basically quit his job and just like went nature. He went off the grid. Right, and so he has this cabin or like house out upstate. Because they live in Brooklyn, yeah. And um, he's like, you can, like, you guys can use it. So they decide to disconnect from their phones and, and everything else. Like, they, they go completely offline. They they 
make a new voicemail about how they're not going to be answering their phones or being on their laptops and they're going to just be reconnecting with themselves. So they're cut off from all their devices and stuff and so they don't realize that like when some weird shit is going down around the world, like they have no idea it's happening. Like you see these sperm-like things coming from the sky yeah that's right straight sperm straight sperm just leaking and you know they're they're very they're looking at it and they're like did that one crash the did that one hit well no they didn't see that happen during the day but then that night they're like let's make a fire so they're sitting out in nature listening to the bullfrogs and they were just watching the stars and they see like they're like oh my god did you see that it's a shooting star and then like there's another one and another one and they're like is this normal like is this a meteor shower and then yeah one looks it lasts for a long time and he was like did that hit the earth <laughs> but yes uh, as, as you can tell that they these these two characters they don't really have any knowledge of much outside of technology and they, and they talk about that too they're like we have no skills <laughs> they're yeah. so okay the two characters are so fucking charming both of them are so great and they're so funny together and it just made the whole movie but yes but so, like their chemistry and their relationship is so funny yeah and great but it, it does have a little bit of turmoil to it because, you know, um, uh, Jack wants to stay off the phones and Sue has this well, tendency she where, she, where she kind of wants to get back on her phone. She doesn't want to get back on her phone, but she made this list, right, which she found on the internet about being productive and, like, finding yourself and whatnot. And he's like, you like, literally <laughs> just transferred the internet to your notebook. And it, it, it was like count. reading one of those uh, uh self-help like, yeah like but little, I little it, magazines though. where it's like the top 10 things about seducing your partner or some something like it was that. not like or, that. Con- or connecting she, with your partner what she <laughs> wanted to do was legit and it was nice honestly it just got to the point where it was like yeah too much but anyway so it's really funny they come inside one day and they're like was this here before what is that and it's a poof and they're like, what is a poof? Like, is that, did it, the poof move? Like, I thought, of, what is a poof anyway? And she's like, it's a, like a footstool. <laughs> well, pretty much. They, they, all they're doing is getting drunk and getting high while they're at their... They're playing puzzles and board games. Yeah, but they're doing it, you know, having fun, you know, bonding with each other, just, you know, without technology. <laughs> yeah. And they go hiking. But yes, yeah, so one morning they wake up after drinking. And also another funny thing is is that she's like, you know, when you drink too much, you have like night visions. And so he does. He'll like sit up and be like, who's there? Like, leave us alone. And it's like really fucking funny because there's nothing there, obviously. But the one night, yeah, they wake up after they've had been drinking. And she was like, did we really drink all of the whiskey? And she's like, there's no way. And like his like starter for his like bread sourdough bread or whatever he was fucking baking gonna bake that's gone too and they find these little tiny holes in the jar so it's like she remembers that like she did secretly turn on her phone and heard this message from her mom talking about rats in the city and something about ethanol and how they're then maybe they're not really rats so like these aliens as they they finally get the word alien and apparently they feed off of ethanol well like like sue's mom in, in the phone conversation, it's like, Fox and Friends. So she's like, <laughs> she's one of those, you know, crazy, like, right-wingers who only watches Fox News because well, then... Well, we don't know that well, she's... Well, there's an instance later where Sue is saying, oh, what does CNN say? Yeah. <laughs> this was, like, a very, very charming, funny little sci-fi comedy that I think might go under the radar because it's only going to be in theaters for the rest of the week. It was so fun. But it's going to be on Blu-ray starting Tuesday. And 
uh, the thing that didn't work for me, and I think you can agree with me, was, was the, the, end. the ending. The ending just kind of felt like they wrote everything perfectly. And the then first, they didn't know where it was the going. The first two thirds of the movie, and then the last third, it was. It, it, because all they're trying to do is fight for survival against these poofs. Like these poofs have. And that part doesn't even go on for that long. These poofs shoot out these, like. It's like a tongue, almost. It's, it's like a tendon. It, a, a suction, like a tentacle or something. But it's sharp also because it can go straight through glass, straight through metal to drink, like, gas from the cars. And then in the one scene, we see it kill, like, the humans, which was, like, gross but funny. But you said they survive gory. on ethanol, right? Right. And so, you know, they're trying to leave because they, they, they feel that... There was one part where the poof, like, hovers, and they're like, did the poof just poof us? Yeah. Like, it shot gas at them, and then they were like, hi. And then, uh, so the poofs basically, like, they come in all sorts of colors, and the thing is that they're a mystery. And in some of the trivia here on IMDb, is the directors kind of wanted to leave information withheld so that way uh it would be more realistic for the people to know very little about the aliens coming right and so that's why like the ending also is fine like we don't know what the fuck's going on but yeah i mean it It was it was just unsatisfying it was very unsatisfying but listen there was a the cutest baby ever in this movie i have something else for that he was so chunky and so cute yeah because they're fighting for survival and they do see other people and you know Usually in survival movies, a lot of people don't survive, but there, there, there does come uh, a baby does appear in this movie, and it's played by a set of triplets. Shut up! Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I saw it in the in the um, credits, and I just saw Cooper. Are the names on there? No, they're not. Uh, baby Jack was played by a set of triplets. I think that's a lie. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, and then another nice little fact is writer and di- the directors of this, so Fisher and Wilson, claim that they wanted to retain merchandising rights to the poofs. How do you spell poofs? P-O-O-F-S. It's P-O-U-F-F-E-S. F-F-E-S. Poofes. <laughs> but, their, but their lawyers told them they didn't have a chance to. But, the, I mean, to be realistic, these poofs look like They look pom-poms. like those things on the keychains that people have. They do. But I mean, the poofs were They're very so cute. the poofs were very entertaining, and they were I, all different colors. There was like a lavender and a pink one, and then mostly brown ones, gray. Yeah, um, like I, I did like how they were trying to disconnect from technology, and then all of a sudden, when the poofs started invading, they're like, "We need our technology." Yeah. And then they try to run away, and and the car is, has no gas in it. It was kind of predictable, but it was kind. But it, it was also it was still unique. Fun. It was still unique, though. I, I still like how everything looked in the woods. The cinematography was good. And I, I still wish I would have seen this. There was quite a few people in the theater, too, when we saw it. So everybody was kind of chuckling at yeah, it was some funny. of the moments. It was funny. Uh, this was the one that I slept on at Sundance, and I'm sure people had a riot with it. Yeah, it would have been really funny. But the ending was kind of the fault of it. So I ended up just giving it a three out of five. I think I also gave it a three out of five, but it's a good three. Yeah, a I mean, I would still three. recommend seeing it. It's, I think it's going to be on VOD starting. It's Tuesday, a feel good one because we spent the day in the theater and we saw the Trial of Chicago Seven and we saw On the Rocks. Great movies. Yes, Trial of Chicago Seven was the better movie though. I, I gave did, it almost a five. I did like On the Rocks because Bill Murray. I loved On the Rocks. Bill Murray and it was. Do you think if Bill Murray wasn't in it, it wouldn't have been as good? 
Yeah, it still would have been good. It was that whole father-daughter relationship that really just... But I think Bill Murray I mean, yeah, yeah. Because Bill Murray was hilarious. (laughs) So, let's talk about... Well, I'll just talk about Scare Me real quick. Okay. This is the new movie on Shudder. I've seen this once already. I saw it at Sundance. I Uh, meant to watch it, but Grubby didn't remind me. He did nothing (laughs) on vacation. It's my fault that... uh, she didn't watch it, but she can go ahead and watch it. Probably not, though, since I've already seen it twice. Yeah. And we're already discussing it. So we got this one's directed by Josh Rubin, who also stars in it. And he also produced it and wrote it. And it stars... I. Uh, what a talented guy. Uh, also stars Aya Cash, who is from The Boys, which I real, didn't realize until recently. And a small appearance from Chris Redd, who's from SNL. So basically all it is is Josh Rubin's character is Fred and Aya Cash is Fanny. Fred goes up to Fanny. Fred goes up to like the Catskills cabin in the mountains somewhere and is trying to find some new ideas to write for his book or for his screenplay. And his original idea was werewolves with guns and that's not working out very well for him. So He's up there and he runs into Fanny on a run and, you know, she she comes off as very uh, arrogant. She's way smarter than him. She is, but she just thinks that, you know, she's had a best-selling novel and she's so much better than him. So, you know, they, they kind of just like, he, he just kind of makes a pass at her and he, she like rejects it in kind of like a nonchalant way. Just like, ha ha ha, just kind of like laughs it off. Just keeps going. And then a power outage comes. A thunderstorm, I thought. Or a blizzard. No, for some reason it wasn't a blizzard, but it was a thunderstorm. Yeah. And I'm like, there's snow on the ground. How is this possible? What area is this in? So the power outage happens, and Fanny comes over to see if Fred has power. And then they come up with the idea of Scare Me. There is another movie out there called Scare Me, apparently. And it's not as good as this one. So be aware of which scare me you're watching. Make sure you're watching the one on Shutter, and not the other super, super low budget one that is probably terrible. Mm-hmm. So then all they're doing is just exchanging, you know, scary stories with each other that they're trying to make up as they're going because, you know, they're both writers. And obviously Fanny is the much, much, much better storyteller. But, you know, uh, this was one of those movies that kind of failed in the end. Where it could have been more climactic. Even when Chris Red, uh, the pizza man, uh, his name's Carlo, he shows up. You know, he, he tells stories too. I thought too. you said it was really good. And it's unique. good. It is. It's a very original story. But the ending was just not as climactic as I was hoping for it to be. I think the word you used was lackluster. Eh, lackluster, anticlimactic. Climatic. Whatever. But uh, I did like this movie. And I have, since I've watched it again, I mean, I, I still thought of it the same way. You know, three and a half, three, that type of range. Um, this is on Shutter, so I would I would recommend it if you're looking for something. Because it makes you use your imagination. You know, they're telling these stories and, you know, the, the, it, it's almost kind of like when you watch Pool. You know, they're in that studio and they're talking about what's going on in the outside world. And you have to have that image in your head. This is kind of one of those things where they're telling the stories it really honored the craft of storytelling. It does. It's great. 
And so, like the thrill of storytelling and also the comfort. But Fanny is the better storyteller in all of this because you can just totally tell that Fred is uh, very uh, sporadic with his stories. He's going through a lot of issues. He's going through like ex-girlfriend issues and whole bunch of other things. So I would recommend watching Scare Me as well. So that's on Shudder. And why don't you have Shudder? Shudder, why don't you sponsor us? No, it's a, if you don't have Shudder, what are you doing? Every fucking episode. So. You didn't say it right. My bad. You want to talk about 12-hour shift? Yes. So we've brought this up on the podcast a lot. I feel like we've posted the trailer. We've posted, I think we posted a teaser even before that. Did we not? I don't remember. Well, so this happens in 1998, right? So there's not like. Cell phone, like smartphones, 1998. 1999, because they're talking about Y2K. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) But it says on Letterboxd 1998. Why does it say 1998 when the movie specifically came up and said 1999? I don't think it did. It just said they were in prep for Y2K. That would be 1999. All right, fine. But this is directed by Bria Grant, and David Arquette is a producer on this. Yes, and he's funny. And it stars, not Bria Grant... But Angela Bettis, David Arquette, Mick Foley for like two minutes. and He's a dick. Chloe Farnworth and a bunch of other people. Right. So basically she is this nurse and they're in this Arkansas hospital and she is, has a drug problem. Like she, like everybody knows that she's like a junkie. She basically unquote. steals uh, she has med- a meds from every patient. <laughs> she like, yeah, she like snorts pills every shift. And if she, it's like so much so that like during the span of this 12 hour shift, she like has withdrawals a couple times. But she has this cousin through marriage and, you know, who is connected to this like group of black market organ trading like criminals basically. And she's supposed to be giving uh, a kidney to her and stuff. And she doesn't they they accidentally leave it outside yeah she regina G- regina plays the the bumbling bimbo blonde in this movie she's a fucking idiot yeah <laughs> like when uh uh when karen says that she's fucking nuts and how she hated being like calling people nuts and then she's, and then she's like, like she, you're, she, fucking you're fucking nuts, nuts. yeah <laughs> so yeah so she they accidentally leave it outside there's also this really funny funny character who keeps like wanting a bed in the hospital because like you know he's paranoid he's dizzy blah blah and they're like you know mr kent we don't have room for you like we go priority. he's just, he, like, he's, he's just one of those people that is over exaggerating he's a hypochondriac his, yeah he's over exaggerating his uh his symptoms he's of not everything. exaggerating he's I just think a he hypochondriac is. <laughs> and over exaggerating is not a word then what is it it's just exaggerating well, maybe he's overly exaggerating. You're already... That's what exaggerating means. Well, he's doing it he's to... He's exaggerating, a, period. He's doing so. it to an enormous level. So, yeah. So, you know, when McFoley's character finds out that the cooler is empty, he's like, you better fucking get me a kidney or I'm going to take yours. So she goes back to the hospital and is like, you know, trying to get a kidney in in the most messy-ass, dumb-ass fucking way, right? Like, she... Uh, kills a skater boy outside and takes his bladder instead of kidney she's like i saw where you cut him open like there there's no way that's a fucking kidney like that's not even where they are that's when karen calls her nuts like you're fucking nuts but so anyway like by this time then 
But like, you, you get a bunch of other characters in here yeah. because David Arquette's, uh, who plays Jefferson. He gets wheeled in. He's a criminal from the jail and he had murdered a cop. And he tried to commit That's suicide. That's why he's in jail, yeah. But he's in the hospital because he tried to commit suicide. And then we have, yeah, then we have all these cops come in because, you know, there was a body. Because what happens is this guy comes in for dialysis, right? And Betty Davis's character is like, who else? Because basically what she... Betty what, Davis? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. It just <laughs> came out. It's Mandy. <laughs> yeah, Mandy. Her and Karen, you know, what they do is they find a patient who's dying anyway. Like, they're on their way out. And then she uses, like, bleach, you know. That's, that's pretty much how they would get... Because you find out, like, Mandy and Karen do this whole organ harvesting. And all they do is try to find the closest dying patient. And because mm-hmm. they won't... Right, no so gonna, this no man comes care. in for dialysis. He only has, like, two months to live. And he is there and uh, Mandy had told what's the dumb girl's name in the movie Regina Regina that's her name in the movie yeah Yeah. Uh, you know that the how she does it is the way of like bleach so she's fucking in this hospital looking for somebody finds the dialysis man and pours bleach down his throat so he's like foaming bloody fluids right and everybody's like what the fuck like is somebody in the hospital killing people like was he did he commit suicide so like we have cops here investigating now this probably had to have been one of the worst 12 hours just ever yeah then another (laughs) man gets wheeled in who had an od who ends up being mandy's half brother who also has a drug issue and we find out like through regina that like you know he apparently has always treated mandy like shit through her eyes anyway and that she he's He's the reason why Mandy does drugs. It seems like some sort of fucked up Arkansas family anyways. Yeah. Some backwoods uh, looking for the the next big score of either an organ or some drugs. (laughs) So there's another character in the hospital, too, who has, like, dementia. She has dementia and her, her daughter's there, like... And we also have, um, uh, we have like the head RN nurse, like Janet, the like the one who's like bossy and in control. And we also have another nurse who is like a Bible thumping goody tissue. That would be Dorothy, because yeah. I didn't realize that hospitals had like a prayer room. Yeah, they always do. I never do. knew that. How is that possible? Uh, it's called the chapel, and like because sometimes people, not sometimes, often people die in the hospital. Often people, people want to go there and pray. Like, yeah. That's why they also have the flower shop. Like, it's usually well, I, right I, next I, to the I chapel. I understand the flower shop because you want to get someone flowers, but yet they charge them like forty bucks for a bouquet or some shit. <laughs> yeah. So there's all these crazy characters and all this fucking shit going down, and you got the bumbling cops, idiots as well. Dude, with... the one cop is so stupid. The good-looking cop, he was called. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I mean. It's pretty much just a story that... I don't know you, if our explanation was sort of a mess. That's how the movie was. But, like, in a good way. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I I thought it was better than what it was going to be, honestly. Like, I was like, this is going to, you know, it should be cool, but it's going to end up just kind of being, like, a whatever mess. But I thought it was fun. Like, I really enjoyed it, It's actually. It's literally like a backwoods hospital thriller <laughs> movie because you get all these dumb characters... Especially Regina, who thinks that... She's so dumb, it will piss you off. Yeah. I was um, irritated as fuck with her. Like, you would hope that she would die. Does she die? No. I don't know. Oh, my bad. Does she? I don't know. But then, you know, David Arquette's character gets loose in the hospital, and then everything, all hell just breaks loose. I mean, it's... He's funny and good as shit. I hate cops. He fucking hates cops. It's funny. It's funny because the one cop that, like, the the good-looking cop comes out, and 
he hits him over the head with a baton. He goes, I fucking hate cops. It was a nice stick. And I was just a like, bat. yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, this movie was fun for what it was. I liked it. I gave it a three. Uh, I, between a two and a half and a three. Mm-hmm. It, it's a nice, generic, fucked up hospital night shift. Bloody. <laughs> kind of like... Well, not really like the the, the the death of Dick Long because, you know. They I was were... just telling somebody about that at work because Nickelback came on. I was like, <laughs> is this Nickelback? <laughs> <laughs> Never murdered as a boss, man. Yes. What a great movie and song. I think the movie makes the song. Is that the song? The, they use uh, How You well, Remind the one, Me. Well, the song that came on at work was the like, Miss you. like the you know the like lovey one i was like oh you know this is kind of a, a jam right no and i was like what's the other song they sing and it's not that one it's look at this photograph no because remember at the end yeah, they're outside remember. the hotel shop playing or outside the hotel room they're playing on the guitar and he's like never made it as a wise man <laughs> never cut it as a poor man steal and then they go into the song into the credits and another thing is sue from save yourselves was in the death of dick long was she? She was. She was a very, very minimal role, but she goes with them to the to the hotel because, you know, they're like escaping from where they're at. They're just on the run, and she goes with them. Oh, I mean, she's not in it very much, but if anybody wants to watch the death of Dick Long, That's I would recommend <laughs> it. It's on Amazon Prime. I love the death of Dick Long. Yeah. I wish we weren't so tired when we saw it at Sundance, but yeah. I ended up revisiting it yeah. later on because. I, I just wanted something funny to laugh at. And it's based on a true story. Yes. Sort of. Sort of. The the Yeah, I don't want to give it away really because okay. it, it's I don't know, it's been out for over a year. It has to do with We're not talking about it. Nope. Sex with a horse. I thought you were gonna say pony. Pony. <laughs> nah. I, I, I like the death of the clown. I did like twelve hour shift. I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, I think if Bria Grant gets a little more star power, like, I mean, she's got some star power with David Arquette and McFoley being in these movies, but I wish McFoley was in it a little bit more. He was in it enough. He was in it for like two minutes. and then you He see- was in it for longer than he was in Peanut Butter Falcon. You think so? Yeah. He was a dick in that movie, too. <laughs> a real dick. It's just so funny watching McFoley be like, you fucking idiot. I'm going to yeah, take your fucking like kids. so in. nice. He is life. really nice like, if you ever uh, see him on Twitter and his videos. But, uh, yeah, 12 hour shift, I would recommend it, paying the six bucks or whatever. So it might be available in a theater near you. I don't know why your drive in didn't put it with Possessor. You could have did 12 hour shift in Possessor. Mm. We're going to find double feature. I think I have to sneeze here, but it's not going to come out. Okay. So I'm going to talk about a couple movies and then we'll wrap it up with Possessor. Uh, I finished up some of the Fantastic Fest movies, and some of them were quite a treat. Some of them, mm, not so much. But uh, the first movie that I was supposed to watch was called Laughter, and I missed it. So I didn't get to watch it. It was a French-Canadian movie, and apparently it was all right. Apparently it was all right. (laughs) I, I don't really know much about it. So I just said, okay, I missed it. No big deal. Whatever. But then the first movie that I got to watch was How to Deter a Robber, directed by Maria Bissell. And it stars Vanessa Morano and Leah Lewis and Chris Mulkey. And this basically is kind of like a home invasion movie. It's like Home Alone meets Fargo. And 
Uh, this takes place in like a very desolate town in northern Wisconsin, and it's a a couple. You know, they're the the daughter still lives with her parents, and she's trying to go off to college. She's writing all these weird papers to try to get accepted into them, and her mother just like berates her about it. And you know, she's feeling very self conscious about it, and you know, it's one of those "I hate you, mom" type of deals, and. So they're trying to get away. It's like, I would consider this a Christmas movie because it happens on Christmas. <laughs> so it's definitely a Christmas movie. Uh, this kind of meets the vein of villains as well because it's that dumb, bumbling uh, crim- criminals oh. breaking into a house. But uh, there's one night where the the uh, Madison and her boyfriend go to their neighbor's house because, you know, they're out of town, but they see a light on and they're thinking somebody break in. So then they go over there and they do a seance, which was really random. And I think the very comedic part was because you know how you play with the Ouija board Mm -hmm. and you spell things out with, with it. And she spells, she's, she's like, are you moving it? Are you moving it? And they're, you know, back and forth trying to, you know, see who gets scared. And she spells S-E-X. I kind of chuckled at that. I thought that was kind of funny. But so they end up, because, you know, they're drinking, they're getting high. They end up passing out in their neighbor's house while they're gone. What happens? The house gets robbed while they're sleeping in the bed. And the funny thing about this movie was Hodak. Do you know what a Hodak is? Mm, no. It's kind of like this mythical creature from the 16th century, I believe, or or something. I'd, I'd have to look it up real fast. Uh, Hodag. The Hodag legend. See, it is a bullhorned carnivore. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was... 16th century maybe i was wrong i'm so uh, sorry if, could you not hear my stomach growl just then i did okay <laughs> actually this is from like the 1800s this it has to deal with uh stories from paul bunyan but while they're getting robbed they see someone wearing a hodag stocking cap hmm. like a like a, a a face mask or whatever a ski mask that's that's the that's the word i'm looking for so then they report it to the police that their neighbor got robbed, but then they have to explain why they were in there thinking the police are thinking that, you know, they robbed it. They robbed the place while they were over there because technically they were breaking and entering. So then, you know, they end up getting in trouble. They end up getting put on probation. They can't leave the county. And then they go to their uncle's house, who their uncle is kind of funny in this movie. And all it does is become this weird home invasion movie with two criminals that are so dumb because the woman that plays the the one of the robbers is not very smart she she shows her face she does all these dumb things she doesn't know how to aim a gun and it's just it just becomes one of those horror crime robber like thriller movies and i thought it was fun i ended up giving it a three uh this was uh Maria Bissell's directorial debut. I liked it for what it was. And, you know, hopefully she gets a little bit more claim to fame later on. You know, if everybody likes this movie, maybe she'll get some better movies later on in life. So how to deter a robber was a part of Fantastic Fest. And I 
thoroughly enjoyed it for what it was. I will save the Queen of Black Magic until you see it. Okay. It's going to be on Shudder because the Shudder logo popped up and went dun-dun. Dun-dun. That's my fave. It will. His other movies are on Shudder? Well, this one is... Well, it's not his, but... Well... He produced it? The Queen of Black Magic is directed by Kimo Stambole, and it's written by Joka Anwar. Right, right, right. So I feel like those two work together, and Shudder's like, hey... And it has the same girl. Yes. From Impedigore. Um, fuck, what's her name? It has like a lot of the same people from Impedigore, because a lot of those people also played in Headshot, mm-hmm. Macabre, Killers, because that's who the director also did his movies. Um, she was also in The Night Comes For Us, so... There's a lot of good Indonesian horror movies coming out. Uh, and then the last movie of Fantastic Fest that I watched was called Bloodthirsty. And this was kind of a another werewolf movie that we had to watch because I watched Teddy. And this one, uh, it didn't kind of, it, it wasn't really my cup of tea. You don't like tea. It was my cup or of coffee. mountain do i guess but uh gray is a she's like an indie singer and she's struggling to write her next album and then she teams up with a mysterious producer who says hey come to my secluded cabin cabin and i'll help you write but then there's some there's some weird sequences in the beginning of the movie where she's with her girlfriend and you can see her turning into a werewolf like her eyes will change her her her, her claws will come out, but they never really explain how she becomes a werewolf. Do they have to? I mean, the way that you become a werewolf is you get bit by a werewolf. Well, they don't really show that. Well, they don't need to. Well, why not? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see the movie. But the the uh, the producer, Vaughn, he's like this very creepy guy. He, uh, um, then Gray's... Uh, girlfriend uh charlie is saying you know like this dude's creepy maybe we shouldn't work with him you know there's all these precautions all these red flags and she's just trying to get him to leave trying to get her to leave because you know they find out that he killed his wife but he was acquitted of it and how do you get acquitted for killing your wife because you know they say that they said that it was a suicide oh so you know, all that's happening in this movie is Vaughn is trying to drive a wedge between Gray and Charlie because Gray also in this movie is a vegan. And then Vaughn is saying, hey, would you like to try this piece of meat? There's some instances. This is the one where you're telling me about killing the mouse, wasn't it? Yes. But this one also kind of gave me a small vibe of Raw because remember she reaches into the fridge and grabs that piece of meat, that raw piece of meat. And honkers down on it. Well, they were doing hazing, and like they had to. No, but remember when... later in the movie right, where she but took before the... that. Yeah, and then in this movie, he kind of gets her to start eating meat because he'll have a steak with for his dinner, mm-hmm. and he'll say, "Hey, can you? Do you want to try this piece of meat? I see you looking at it." And then there's an instance where she goes to the fridge and you see this raw piece of meat on a plate, and she drinks the blood of it. Ew. Yeah, it's pretty gross. But, you know, she's just trying to write her album. Uh, He's trying to con Grey into just basically getting rid of Charlie. You see some instances of her transforming into a werewolf. And this movie kind of 
doesn't really hit the spot. It looks good. And I think that it's very well acted from uh, from Lauren Beatty and Greg Burke. And Michael Ironside makes an appearance in this because she he plays the doctor. Who's that? Michael Ironside. He is most notorious for Total Recall. Because uh, remember at Cinepocalypse, he was there for the Total Recall 30th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was there to accept an award. But... He's only in it because he's the doctor that prescribes her with the meds. So that way, because you, you think that her hallucin- that she's hallucinating becoming a werewolf. So he prescribes the meds for her. So, But Bloodthirsty is one of two movies from Amelia Moses that has come out this year. The other one is Bleed For Me, which we will talk about next week on Night Streams. That is the one where her friend thinks she's taking blood from her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that one. But... Bloodthirsty, I ended up giving it a two, two and a half in that range. Like it, I, I think it needed more to the story, but it just didn't, I, I, I felt like it was, it came up really short in the script writing. So that's it from the Fantastic Fest. Oh, I thought you said you had like eight movies. Um, uh, I, I know can... we're not talking about the Queen of Black Magic, but. Yeah, uh, I'll, t- I'll talk about it real quick. Vampires vs. the Bronx, it's part of the Netflix and Chills. Uh, this one stars a bunch of kids who are in their pretty much first roles. Jaden Michael, Gerald Jones III, Gregory Diaz IV, uh, Sarah Gaddon is in this, and Zoe Saldanata, who was Gamora. But she's only in it for the first two minutes. And then Method Man. Okay, he, Method fucking man. He, he is a priest in this movie. What? <laughs> and it kind of threw me off. Uh, Shay Shay Wiggum is in this. If you've seen him, you would know who he is. He always plays a cop, I feel. Mm. But in this movie, he plays a vampire. Mm. But this movie has... It's on Netflix. It's directed by Oz Rodriguez. This was part of Fantastic Fest? No, this is a part of the Netflix and Chills. I I just threw it on the other night because I forgot that it was on and someone posted it. And I was like, okay, I'll just watch this. See what it's all about. See if it's any good. And... Even though my score is not the greatest on it, I still found it entertaining, but it was very bleak. It was very dry, but it has a story of gentrification to it because all it is is these three kids are seeing that the Bronx is being gentrified by a bunch of white vampires. Oh, bloodsuckers. So anytime you saw like a small business, a bodega or anything, they would come kill the owner, and then buy it. Hmm. Or uh, they would buy it and then, you know, they would turn around and sell it for twice, three times the value of it. And that's pretty much all the story is. So the three kids are saying that there's vampires in town and no one really believes them until, you know, the, the some, of the, some of the local girls that they're trying to hit up are, uh, one of them ends up becoming entangled with them and is very smart about how she goes about trying to figure out if they're vampires. Because what can't vampires do? Eat garlic. See their own reflection. Mm. So, you know, you see a lot of uh, uh, security cam footage in some of these bodegas. And, you know, he'll like look at like they'll look at the footage of it. They'll look back and be like, it's a fucking vampire. <laughs> like it, it was it was fun for what it was, but. There's not much to it as well. It, it, I feel like a lot of movies lately are getting to the point where it's, this is what the topic is, this is the script, and that's it. There's really nothing 
to like 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 bulky about it you know there's no side stories it's just these three kids are trying to save their town from being gentrified by a bunch of white vampires it was fine if you want to watch it go for it it's pg-13 so donut can watch it okay method man is a priest though it's pretty funny i like method man well you know how you how how, how many ways do you know how to kill vampires one and that is steak to the heart garlic that doesn't kill them. Holy water. Steak. That doesn't kill them either. I don't know what it does. <laughs> so, Vampires vs. the Bronx. It's fine. It's on Netflix. It's available. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for the other movies that I watched without you. I don't think I've seen Method Man in a movie since How High. <laughs> I think a I have. Movie. I think I've seen him in something else. Um... Method Man, what an underrated actor, though. Um, Method Man and Red Man are both in that movie. In How High? Yeah. I need money. Aren't they the stars of that movie, though? Yeah. Yeah, he was in he was in Shaft. He was in Peppermint, the Ju- um, Jennifer Garner movie where she gets revenge for her family Yeah, but being we killed. never watched that because no. it looked so bad. Yeah. Um, she's too nice to be in that kind of role. Like, she's too wholesome. <laughs> Venom from 2005? <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Venom in 2005. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to the last movie, Possessor. Oh, I thought we were done. Sorry, we're not done. We got one more movie to go. Uh, Possessor, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. And it stars Andrea Riseborough. Christopher Abbott, Jennifer Jason Lee, Sean Bean, and Tuppets Middleton. Remember when we met him and you told him you really liked him in the one movie? And he was like, oh, I didn't think anybody saw that. Yeah, uh, uh, it was a movie. That was at Sundance. Yeah, uh, the movie that I saw him in was, let me track it down, Sweet Virginia. He played a villain in that movie. He plays a villain, sort of, in this movie? No, he's the good guy. He's for sure the good guy in this movie. It's it's pretty it's a pretty toss up thing, but this is the sci fi thriller, played at Sundance, and then reappeared in theaters this week. And I went and saw it again, and I think I liked it just as much, if not a little bit more, because I don't know why the first time I saw it, I thought way too much about it, but it was such a simple topic, because all that happens is. Andrea Riseborough's character is Tasia Voss, who is Tass Voss, who is a yes. We've talked about this movie. Yeah, before, she's an elite. Don't remember. She's an elite corporate <laughs> assassin, and they use brain implant technology to take control of other people's bodies and terminate to, to assassinate people. Yeah, yeah, to assassinate people basically. So one of the first scenes in this movie, she is portrayed as Holly, and she goes and kills. When was the last time you saw this movie? When we watched it? Well, I didn't watch it with you because I saw it at Sundance, but I didn't watch it after that. Oh, I watched it by myself? Yeah, because oh. I think I sent it to you because remember it leaked online. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, whenever you sent it to me then. Yeah, some somebody leaked it online. So so the issue with her is that she has a... Because ch- after they co- do the sa- assassination, they're supposed to kill themselves. Yeah, and she and has... And she a- has fucking trouble with doing it, and then it becomes messy. Yep. Toss boss? 
Yeah, Tosfos. Yeah, because after Holly kills who who the target was, and she does it in a very bloody mess. Instead, she goes to kill herself, but she doesn't have the fucking guts, so the cops come in and she has a fucking shoot-off with them instead. Yeah, because she comes in and kills the high-profile the high profile target, and she does it... She, like, she has a gun, and she doesn't just shoot him. She stabs him so many fucking yeah. times because she gets him in the like, throat. what the fuck, bro? That close-up shot of the throat, though was pretty fucking sick. And then she just stabs him repeatedly in in the abdomen and the chest and everything. And after that, you know, like like Stacy said, she, she's supposed to just kill herself and then she leaves the body. You know, she just goes back to normal. Doesn't have the guts for some reason. Yeah. And so then, you know, she gets in the shootout with the police, and then she dies, and then, you know, she... she uh, all Wakes sudden, up in her own body. You get back to Tosfos, and she gets back to her own body, and she's, like, gasping for air, as if, you know, something went wrong. Because after that, she's like, maybe I need some time off to be with my family. Because she has a son, and I guess an ex-husband, because he says that they're really not together. You know, they take some time out. And then she comes back and wants to do another job. And this is the one where she inhabits Christopher Abbott's body. Um, and like, touches the dick. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just saw Chris Abbott grab his own junk in the mirror. So she is supposed to inhabit Colin, which is Christopher Abbott. And her her target is John Pars. He's the CEO of this high-class company. I don't really remember offhand what it was, but... She basically what they do is they kidnap Colin, put the brain implant in him so that way she can inhabit his body and then, you know, carry out her mission. Because this for some reason, this one has a few days to it. Normally, they're like a 24 hour period. And this one is like a five day trial because, you know, it's weird because when she's inside his mind he, she has to basically like. Isn't she scouting out how he talks? Yeah, like, yeah. His different they have actions. to be like you know, believable because he has a girlfriend. Yeah, his girlfriend and, Ava. Yeah, and also like the brains have to like be able to ma- like match sort of like sometimes it goes wrong where like when they put the brain implant and it doesn't like what what's the word like <laughs> you know you know <laughs> what. You know? No, I don't know. I don't know what word you're trying to come up with. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like sometimes they don't. God, what is that word? <laughs> like collaborate correctly. Collaborate. Yeah. Calibrate. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> collaborate or. <laughs> collaborate and listen. But yeah. uh, so then. You know, he has to, when, when she's inside his mind, you know, the first thing he does is he wakes up and sees her and she thinks that he's off a little bit because he's all lovey-dovey, I guess. Well, it is. We The other thing that we run into, the issue with this is that doesn't Christopher's Abbott's character, like, he comes through and she has a trouble, she has trouble. She has trouble, trouble manipulating his mind and his body because he keeps, he keeps like having his own mind, like. Colin's right, own mind in the is coming same through. Body. So basically, 
there's an instance where you see them having sex, and that's when you see that part is weird. As when fuck. you see Tosfas look down, and she's got a dick. Well, well, it's him. It's supposed to be his body, but then you see her. But you see her head, her body. Yeah. but yeah, she has a dick, and it's fucking. And he's like, and I'm like she, Yo, she's this like, is wild. yeah. But uh, basically, Tosfas has two days to figure out how to kill John Pars. And the thing is, is she makes that a mess also. <laughs> oh, oh man, it is a fucking giant mess because the way that she does it is so gory, but it doesn't lead to killing him. Then there's an innocent like, casualty. Like she takes a fire poker, jams it down his throat, basically, and still survive and takes an eye out. And that part was so gory and gruesome. I was like. That was the best You took part. this out of your dad's book, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, Possessor is this nice sci-fi thriller with lots of gore. Not as much body horror as his dad, but I think that it was a very well-crafted, but a very bleak movie. Like, there's really not much to it. Like I said, the first time I saw it, I think I put way too much thought into it because you were trying to figure out whose body and whose mind was taking control. And I, I I did not really care for his first movie, which was antiviral. But when I first saw this, my mind was blown when I first saw Possessor. Mm. And I, I, I think it was shot very well. I think it, it is. I think that the gore parts of it were amazing. That's true. And the violence, would you consider it ultra hyper violence? No. Or have you seen movies way yes. more hyper violence? Yes. But that close up of that fire poker going on his fucking throat. Amazing. Amazing. I would give Possessor a four and a f- to four and a half. No fucking way. Stacy gave it a two. That's I think. not true. A two and did a half. I? I can't find it where I did it. I was just, oh, I logged this film. I don't know how to use <coughs> letterbox correctly. You're supposed to sit, like log and review even if you don't write anything in it so it comes up well, on yeah, your timeline. Well, I do do that. Well, so I have to scroll way back. I can't just like look Go it to up. your diary and you'll find it. I gave it a two and a half. Wow. That is low. <laughs> two and a half, three. Oh. I would give it a it's four. It's a three and a half on letterbox. Calm I would give down. it a four. It's probably four a three. It is a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but that's not like, that's not, the, the Rotten Tomato score isn't the percent that the movie's being rated, it's the percent of how many people said it was fresh. Hmm. Damn, did you know Alone was a 95% certified fresh? Oh, it's that's a 92%. Possessor's a 92%. Yeah, I see. Wait, <laughs> does this make sense to you? It's a 45% audience score, but there's a popcorn? That's what I'm saying. Like, it can be fresh with the moody... I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Not as good as you're saying it is. I think it's as good as I'm saying. I think... That's because you're not smart. I'm not smart. And you're a poser. How am I a poser? I saw this movie before everybody. And? Take my word. Take my advice. Possessor is fucking sick. I'm gonna te- I mean, yeah, yeah. I think people should watch it. I'm going to text Derek, see if he wants to watch it tonight. Okay. Like, you're going to go hang out? Yeah. Why not? I'll watch the Bears and be like, hey, you want to watch Possessor? Because the Bears aren't on until 325. So, Possessor, I think I think a lot of the movies that we talked about today were pretty good. Everybody should watch them. Even a couple They're of... They're all, yeah, things that people should watch. I, w- I mean, out of the fantastic movies, 
uh, we'll talk more about the Queen of Black Magic when Stacy gets a chance to see it because she really wanted to see it. So we'll probably use a night streams pass to watch it. If anything, I'll buy you a single ticket and you can just watch it on your own. And we'll go from there. Because I think you have a larger window to watch it. So you'll have... I have no window. You'll have a four-day window. Okay. So within your four days of working and watching a child and having the child watch the Queen of Black Magic with you... <laughs> I don't know about it's that. It's pretty bloody and there's a lot of fucking centipedes in it. Ew. Like going into the mouth. Not the butt, but the mouth. Not the butt. Not human. <laughs> I would love to do a Human Centipede 2 episode. <laughs> one and two. And three. Let's just do a whole ass Human Centipede one. Fuck. Human Centipede 3 was so fucking bad. It was bad. so bad. <laughs> oh, boy. Remember the fucking prison guy? He just had a jar full of dried up clitorises that he would Yeah. Eat? What the fuck? <laughs> that movie was so fucking bad. It was so bad. It should have been good. I liked two over one, though, because two was way more gruesome. But I thought it was very strange to shoot it in black and white. But, uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Next week, we'll be doing the Night Streams uh, Film Festival, the virtual cinema, which everybody can still get aboard. And I believe, oh, and next week, you know what else we're going to talk about next week? You can watch it on Tuesday. Hubie Halloween. Yes. I think that's pretty much it. There's the cleansing hour, but I don't know if you'll get to it. You don't have to. But uh, Night Streams and Hubie Halloween next week. What a great combination. So, as always, for social media... I don't have any social media. Stacy's Instagram got deleted for some reason. I'm going to get it back. How? <laughs> I thought you had 20... I'm working on it, okay? I thought you had 24 hours. I'm fucking working on Did it. Did you email them? They don't have an email. Did you... Did you know that they're the same as Facebook now? Yeah, Facebook bought them. Yeah, well, that's why they don't Zuckerberg bought them because he's a Zuck cuck. Zuck But for... Social media, we're on Instagram at Final Cut Film Reviews. We will be posting reviews now with these night streams and Chicago Film Festival stuff going on. Stacy's going to email and we'll get The Dark and the Wicked and we'll watch that. We'll have a lovely evening in two weeks where we'll cover Chicago Film Fest stuff. And on Twitter, we are at Final Cut Film... Uh, what are we on? Tw- Twitter is Final... Are you okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Twitter's Final Cut Right. We're available on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Apple Podcasts where you can leave us a five-star review, subscribe, like, tell your friends. And that's pretty much it. Next week, Night Streams and Hubie Halloween. Yes. So thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back next week.